Welcome. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell, and I am here having conversations about strong mental health and being aware. I really believe in this notion of being aware of what's around you to broaden your perspective with a clear image of your life and your circumstance and how your brain works and maybe your emotions and your actions and importantly, your reactions. Today, we're going to be talking about some reactions because when you see more, you can become more, right? So thank you so much for joining. And I hope that some of the concepts I bring up on these on this show helps you in your life in some way. Hopefully you can grab onto one thing and go forward with it and make your life a little bit better. So a rather dramatic event occurred in the Republican Party in Utah over the weekend with some twists and turns, like a really good political TV series episode, right? (laughs) It was one of those, he said, she said, I did not, or how dare you? And then stomp, stomp away and all the fun drama. And I say fun, but I don't mean fun, but really it's like a, it's like a train wreck happening in front of you. And there's not much you can do about it as an observer. So I'm an observer. I was not a participant, but I watched the train wreck over the weekend And what I tend to do is contemplate on these train wrecks and say to myself, now, what is it about human nature that gets us to this place sometimes? What is this human nature analysis? And this is how I landed on the topic for today. The topic for today is going to be on moral dilemmas. These are really tricky ones. If you're not sure what it is, they are tricky in life, trying to figure out the right direction or reaction or action to take when there's a dilemma that seems like there's two potentially correct paths to take and you have to choose one of them. And it pulls into question the moral values that you hold in your core and not everybody has the same moral values. And that is why it's very tricky to make an assessment on decisions made in moral dilemmas. So I wanted to let you know kind of how I arrived at this topic, but you need a little bit of background with this political event that occurred. So I'll just share with you a little bit of the excerpts from Fox 13's news reporting on it. Okay. This is what they say. Salt Lake County Republican Party Chair Scott Miller resigned early Sunday following reports of harassment and bullying involving top leadership. Scott Miller faced condemnation from Republicans across the state from Utah's governor down to local level political leaders after he sent a lengthy email Friday to party delegates detailing a pending Salt Lake Tribune report that would allege a number of Republican women candidates and elected officials that had reported harassment and bullying behavior involving the county party leadership and a volunteer. I'll take a little break from uh, what Fox 13 says here and say that when I read his letter on Friday night, I, I was really quite shocked at the approach of the letter. So let's just put it that way. It was enough to, to create some shock in me. Okay. So moving forward with what Fox 13 reported in that email, Miller called the accusations salacious and false and named each of the women accusers, again, by name, publicly by name, with criticism of his interactions with them. He also criticized the women for talking to the Tribune. The Tribune report itself, which was rushed to publish on Saturday, detailed accusations against the county party's unofficial communications director, David Robinson, accusing him of sexism and sexual harassment. This is a quote um, from Aaron Robinson that uh, the Tribune reports. This shouldn't be the behavior of someone that someone should be subjected to if they want to run for office. Aaron Preston reported some of the behavior. She said in an interview with Fox 13, we already have thick enough skins. Allow us some dignity in running for office. Preston said David Robinson had made vulgar and degrading comments about her body and her gender, as well as to other women. 
Salt Lake County Council member Amy Winder Newton accused Miller of allowing Robinson to run amok and enabled his bad behavior. Republican lawmakers across the state issued statements condemning the treatment that was alleged that was alleged by the women. Utah GOP Chair Derek Brown called Miller's efforts an attempt to shield both he and Robinson from forthcoming allegations of bullying, intimidation, and harassment that they knew would soon be made public in an article that was released Saturday. Uh, Ironically, Derek Brown's statement said, proceeded to bully, intimidate, and harass individual women by name, not only substantiating their allegations, but perhaps providing a public example of what they may have experienced privately. So that was a quote by Derek Brown, the Utah State GOP chair. So I'll end the report um, from Fox 13 on what occurred over the weekend. So basically, the story is um, a little bit more background story that I've learned is that Salt Lake County Communications Director David Robinson is friends with the Salt Lake County GOP chair, Scott Miller. When some of the women began reporting Mr. Robinson's behavior to the chair in 2020, no action was taken, but rather more intimidation had increased for the women. So I need to report that these women individually had gone and reported through the correct line, right? They went to the chair of the Salt Lake County uh, GOP party. And reported, and it made their situation worse. Okay, so kind of understand that's the situation. All right. So when some of the women approached Amy Winder Newton, a uh, a member of the Salt Lake County Council, and also she had run for governor in 2020 in the state of Utah, she stepped forward to be a supportive voice for the women in an attempt to have Scott Miller do something about it. But instead, she then became the target of intimidation and bullying from both Mr. Miller and Mr. Robinson for allegedly six months or so. Eventually, the women went to the media. And then after Mr. Miller was interviewed by the Salt Lake Tribune, prior to the release of the story, he doubled down on defending his friend and himself by sending that email, which ultimately showed his true colors, and he dug his own hole of defeat. Now, how do I tie in moral dilemmas with this story? It's not looking at it from the traditional approach. Let's just say it's not looking at it from a traditional how dare you kind of approach, which I have to say, this is a little tie and break, and I'll explain the moral dilemma in just a minute. But I do want to say that and clarify, because I'm not going to be focusing on it today, but I do want to clarify that I agree with the sentiments of Governor Cox and the Utah GOP chair, Derek Brown, and others that publicly supported the women and condemned Scott Miller's actions and the email. It is shocking to me that even in today's world with so many famous men taken down from their tower of power due to sex crimes, sexual harassment, bullying, intimidation, etc., that this behavior still continues. Honestly, do they think they are above being caught? But that's a topic for another day, right? So for now, I'll just publicly cheer for the courage shown by the women for publicly taking a stand against sexual harassment and intimidation. Um, Back to then, why am I taking the perspective of a moral dilemma issue with this with the story? Well, a moral dilemma occurs when we believe that there are more than one correct option in a decision, an important decision, usually right in this case. Salt Lake County uh, Republican Chair Scott Miller had an original moral dilemma when women began reporting their experiences with his friend, David Robinson. It's his friend, right? He, He had to choose at the time whether to support his friend, like loyalty of friendship, or confront his friend and let him go. And it's always easy at the end of a story to point fingers of the right way to go. But I want to know how many of you would have supported your friend. 
How many of you believe that you stand by your friends no matter what that they do? Is that type of behavior of loyalty part of your belief system? Or do you base your decisions on whether it's right or wrong? And then what if that means you lose your friend? Moral decisions are hard. Let's come back on the other side and analyze it a bit more. You are listening to The Dr. Marcy Show. Uh-uh. here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. Pure Light has invented a new type of LED light bulb that makes all other light bulbs obsolete. This new type of LED bulb acts like a $1,000 air purification system, only better. Put this light bulb in, turn it on, and within minutes it starts cleaning and purifying the air and the surfaces around it. Um, I have a stinky dog, and so I put the four bulbs in within 24 hours. I could tolerate it, and then when I turn the lights on in the morning, I went back 20 minutes later, nothing, no smell. The Pure Light LED light bulb performs seven functions besides providing light, including cleaning the air of all types of odors, any kind of smoke, of eliminating mold and eliminating deadly germs like salmonella, E. coli, even flesh-eating bacteria. My kids who are grown up say our house smells like old people house. And so I put bulbs in the hallway and my uh, kids from Florida came last week and said, man, the house smells great. See for yourself at pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com. It's the next generation of light. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show. You are listening to the Dr. Marcy Show on fedbyravensmedia.com. So happy that you're joining me today. And if you have any questions for me, I would love to hear from you. You are welcome to email me. And oftentimes I will address those emails on at the end of the show. Please email me at askmarcy at dr.com. That's askmarcy at doctor.com. So we are back again talking about moral dilemmas and the moral dilemma associated with the events that rolled out over the weekend in the state of Utah in the Republican Party with the resignation of the Salt Lake County uh, Republican Party chair, um, Scott Miller. And I believe there was a moral dilemma, an original moral dilemma that he faced whether or not to take action against his friend, 
his own friend, when accusations of sexual harassment, intimidation, and bullying came out from several different women. At the time, apparently the choice was to be loyal to his friend, to support his friend. And, and as time went on, it appeared that he participated in, at the very least, some of the intimidation tactics against the women in support of his friend. The question then becomes, what would you do really if you go back to the beginning and you're thinking about your friend and someone that you don't know very well tells you something bad about your friend and they're difficult to work with? Would it be easier just to assume the person you don't know very well is the difficult one? Wouldn't it be easier to assume that the person you don't know very well might be making something up or interpreting something wrong as you justify behavior of your friend in loyalty? Really think about it for a minute. Is a loyalty to your friends, your family, your party, your church, your racial group, a higher value system for you than maybe what others would perceive as right and wrong. And that's a really great question for us to ask ourselves. Moral dilemmas are tricky. Let me tell you what, they are tricky. Um, and what do we know about them? Well, Lawrence Kohlberg in the 60s was interested in finding out how we have moral reasoning. How is it that we come up with the decisions that we make? How do we reason it out in our minds when we have these dilemmas? And he wanted to find out how people decide what is right and wrong. So in order to explore that area, he developed um, or he used the story called the Heinz Dilemma. And he took the Heinz Dilemma and asked children about what they would do. And what was more important than their answer of whether it was right or wrong was how did they decide? What was the reasoning associated with the decision that got them to that decision? All right. So this is the story of the Heinz dilemma. This is what was part of the research. In the story, a man named Heinz is trying to obtain an expensive drug that his wife needs in order to treat her cancer. He has no money of his own. And he's only able to gather just a little bit of money from family and friends. So he begs the pharmacist to reduce the price, but the pharmacist refuses. Heinz knows that his wife needs the drug or else she will die from the cancer. So Heinz decides to break into the pharmacy to steal the drug. The question becomes, um, when you ask the children or anybody, ask yourself, did he do the right thing? Was it right for him to break into the pharmacy, steal the drug so he could give it to his wife because he didn't have enough money to pay for it, right? Kohlberg wasn't interested in whether the man was right or wrong. He was interested in finding out how they arrived at the decision. And then he developed his theoretical perspective on it, which was six stages of moral development. And one of them is obedience, whether you're obedient to the law, et cetera, like it's wrong, right or wrong to do. Um, a certain thing. So stealing is wrong. So it was wrong. Stage two would be self-interest where you steal it because you want to save your wife. Stage three is conformity where you steal it because conformity of being a good husband would be the person that stole it. Or in conformity, sometimes your social setting is the conformity of you would never steal for anything, right? Um, stage four is just that black and white law and order, whatever the law is, that's what you do. Stage five is social contract. What's better for the society at large? And stage six is this universal human ethics, which is you steal the money because human life matters more. It trumps everything else. So these are the six stages that Kohlberg developed of moral dilemmas. What's interesting, I think, about his research and about his uh, theory is the fact that he himself doesn't come up with was it right or wrong for him to steal the drug. And when I follow up on this with students or other people um, year after year and ask people about this, it is remarkable how people do not have the same answer. And regardless of age, it's not as though you turn 21 and then you suddenly see it this one way, right? You can be 60 and see it a different way that 
there's not an age limit or determination on how it is that we respond to that dilemma. The reality is it's a dilemma and we all don't see things the same way. So while it's easy in the case of uh, the Salt Lake County Republican Party event that occurred over the weekend, I don't know if event's the right word, but um, it's a dramatic event, surely. Um, I think it's helpful for us to really go back to the original moral dilemma that Scott Miller had of friendship over maybe losing a friend to do the right thing. And how many of us would do the same thing? I think that's a really important question for each of us to ask ourselves and then follow up with Lawrence Kohlberg's question of why, why is that your moral belief system is loyalty to friends, families, parties, uh, ethnic group, religious group. Is that the moral belief system that you have that trumps all the others? The loyalty to that is that higher or is the basic kind of right and wrong piece of you higher, even at the expense of maybe losing your friend? It's an interesting dilemma. And I watched these moral dilemmas play out starting in 2020 when when social media became such an important factor in our lives, where we had very strong opinions and kind of fighting with each other as friends and seeing people fighting with each other, families and, you know, what's going on. And then some people were just doing it based on loyalty to their people. And other people were doing it based on the way they saw the world, the way they thought. It certainly was a part of how we behaved in 2020 and now moving forward in 2021. So let's ask ourselves, what is our moral belief system? And then why is it that we do what we do? Right? And you want to know what my answer is to it? One of my favorite answers, the word sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Because sometimes... The circumstances so that maybe loyalty to friend and family is the correct one. And sometimes the answer is, I cannot be loyal in the situation. I must choose right and wrong. That becomes incredibly tricky when someone defines themselves as absolute loyal friend, and then they have to go back on that and they have to question themselves wait a minute, my black and white was I'm absolutely loyal. I'm the most loyal friend that's out there, right? We, I don't know how life works this way, but it's going to provide you with a moral dilemma like that. It is going to provide you with the opportunity to stretch yourself, to see beyond how you've always been. What will you do when that's the case? Will you be hasty? Can you take a step back? Can you make evaluations? Can you change your gears to see a new way of thinking? Moral dilemmas provide you those opportunities. I've got a story that's really going to hit you with this moral dilemma on the other side. You are listening to The Dr. Marcy Show. Radio News with Lance Pride. The Derek Chauvin trial resumes this morning in Minneapolis, Minnesota. President Biden on Wednesday will unveil an ambitious infrastructure proposal that, if enacted, would overhaul how Americans get from point A to point B, how their electricity is generated, the speed of their internet connections, the quality of their water, and the physical makeup of schools. A Long Island woman tested positive for COVID-19 Tuesday more than a month after receiving her second dose of the Moderna vaccine meant to protect against the virus. Melanie Rosen, who works as a secretary in the Hewlett-Woodmere School District, says she started experiencing symptoms shortly after attending a wake. 
A man working on a video about gun violence in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was fatally shot Monday after interviewing family members in the city who had been impacted. 55-year-old Anthony Merritt was shot multiple times at about 8 p.m. in North Philadelphia. He was discovered on the sidewalk just outside of his work van. USA Radio News. The border is in crisis. After President Trump secured the border with Mexico, everyone's worried about the growing problem. And why is the Biden administration spending $86 million on hotel rooms for captured migrants? Now, Grant Stinchfield investigates the border crisis and finds the real truth about Biden's executive orders and dangerous policies. So watch Stinchfield on Newsmax TV tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern as he reveals the dangers to our economy and security. Newsmax TV is one of America's leading cable news channels. It's on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable operator. Tell them you want Newsmax or you'll switch to a new service. Remember, you can get Newsmax free on Roku, YouTube, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, and smart TVs like Samsung, Sony, or LG. It's even free on your smartphone. Just download the free Newsmax app and start watching anytime. Find out about the real border crisis on Grant Stinchfield tonight on Newsmax TV. It's real news for real people. A small study is revealing the current COVID-19 vaccines will work against the new variants discovered since the beginning of the year. Dan Naraki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau has more. A new study from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases showed evidence that the COVID vaccines will provide protection against the new variants of the virus. The study found that patients who had recovered after being infected by variants from the UK, South Africa, and Brazil all retained their immune response to the virus. The report stressed that a larger study was needed, as only 30 patients were examined, but said that the data would be valuable towards seeing whether booster shots will need to be developed. A homeless man on lifetime parole after serving time for killing his own mother has been arrested in the brutal attack Monday on a 65-year-old Asian woman in Midtown Manhattan, New York. Police say Brandon Elliott, 38, was apprehended in a hotel where he was staying that's being used as a homeless shelter. It's near the site of the attack. He was arrested at 2 a.m. this morning and charged with two counts of felony assault as a hate crime. USA Radio News. Happy to have you back. This is Dr. Marcy on the Dr. Marcy Show, and we are talking today about moral dilemmas, which are tricky ones. Let me tell you, they are tricky. And if you have not had one that you recognize in your life, you might not be paying attention because the truth is life gives us these moral dilemmas that really uh, enable us to broaden our perspectives on many, many of great life's lessons. So take moral dilemmas for what they provide you, the opportunity to make choices, learn lessons, and um, hopefully broaden your awareness. So we witnessed a moral dilemma that kind of went south over the weekend, a moral dilemma that uh, Scott Miller, the Republican Salt Lake County chair, had in 2020. He chose the side of friendship loyalty. rather than dismissing his friend for inappropriate behaviors. And then it just seemed like he kept doubling down and doubling down and digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper until this last Friday night sent out a public email um, that uh, showed, I guess, the space that he had fallen into of the true colors of where he stood defending himself and his friend. And it was kind of ugly. It was a train wreck. It's a train wreck to watch. And so sometimes I think when we take, when we make the decision on the moral dilemma and we don't learn at that time, we double down on our decision and defend ourselves, defend ourselves, defend ourselves, even if maybe it was the wrong choice to make at the time. That's when it can create some of these really very, very tricky situations. And, you know, in his case, it became very public, the mistake that he made, uh, We can make the wrong choice in moral dilemmas where we see the outcome later on is like, oh, that was maybe the wrong choice. And it's okay to say, I made the wrong choice and I'm going to make this better. It's okay to do that, right? The answer to a moral dilemma may not be very clear at the moment we make the first choice. But as it becomes clear, it's okay to say, I made a mistake, but I'm going this other direction now completely okay to do that. That's how we learn in life. So I'm just saying, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up too much if you've made a wrong choice, but fix it. 
you keep doubling down on it, doubling down on it. That's when you get yourself into a lot of trouble. So I promised you a more difficult story during this segment. And this one occurred, it actually occurred in 2010, became pretty public 2011. And it's one that I share in one of the courses that I teach, because I think it highlights so well how powerful moral dilemmas can be. It's a very sad story, though, but it's 18 young men and teenage boys gang raped an 11 year old girl in the small southeastern town of Cleveland, Texas. Um, The suspects were arrested at the time. Many of them are in prison now. But the whole incident sparked shame and outrage in this tiny town of Texas. The suspects were ages 14 to 26 and include the small town's high school star basketball players, as well as the son of a prominent school board member. So mind you, small town, and you've got 18 of a similar age range, right? Think to yourself, these people, everybody knew, probably everybody Everybody had a brother, cousin, uncle, friend, son that were part of perhaps being one of the ones that are arrested. So most of the people have some meat in the game here of what's going on in the small town, right? Um, and I'll move forward with the story. Cleveland police began investigating the alleged rapes in December. That would be 2010 after cell phone video showing the alleged sex attacks started circulating among students at the schools. The video allegedly showed the girl engaged in sex acts with several men. Um, it, and it ended up in the hands of one of the counselors at school, the video did, who of course went to the police and that's when these men were arrested. The girl told the authorities, now remember, she's an 11-year-old girl. She told the authorities that the weekend after Thanksgiving, she was asked if she wanted to ride around with three of the defendants in the case. Um, The girl, I guess described as a straight A student by those who know her, rode with the young men to a blue house with white trim. And then there ended up being a trailer in the back of this house. And as the night unfolded, more men came to the house in this and where she was at this abandoned trailer to have sex with the girl. So what happened is the three of them took her to the back trailer, gang raped her back there, but then let their friends know that this was going on. And more and more teenagers and men showed up to participate in it. All right. Um, The video surfaced because some of the girls attackers use their cell phones to take photographs and to film the assaults. The girl said that she was told by the men that they would have some girls beat her up or she would not be taken back to her residence if she didn't have sex with them. All right. Um, And what's interesting, so interesting about this case is something that's really quite common that goes on, which is let's try to hold the victim accountable. All right. So apparently she wasn't dressed. She was dressed, uh, let's say, older than she is and more provocatively than you would expect with an 11 year old. All right. And some of the, some of the boys said that she had said she was older than 11. So I I, I think they knew she wasn't 18, but I think uh, they believe she was about 14 when she was really 11. All right. Um, And so there began this pretty harsh point fingers at the victim mentality because she needs to be held responsible for dressing the way that she was and walking around town the way that she was. All right. We see this often go on. We see this often as people try to defend their kin, as people try to defend their friends. And, um, it's, it's becoming more and more problematic as society says, I don't know if that's right. So this was not that long ago, 2011, nonetheless, Um, It is a reality of kind of the way that it works. So more about the story, the investigation, which was still ongoing at the time, had stirred racial tensions in the town because all the defendants were African-Americans and the girl was Hispanic. 
And so it kind of tore through racial, a racial divide through this small town. And it became so tense that Judge Mark Moorfield implemented a gag order saying that lawyers, police, and any potential witnesses were not allowed to speak about the case. Prior to the court order silence around the case, the new Black Panther Party of Houston staged a rally in the town with, you know, fewer, they say fewer than 8,000 people. And this is something that he said, the, the leader, listen to me, good, you stand by your children and don't let them convince you to walk away and take a plea deal for some trumped up charges. So he, the Black Panther leader came out against the victim um, in support of the boys, um, even though there's video and photographs of it occurring, right? DNA of it occurring. What ended up happening were monster town halls, lots of fighting with families, families defending their sons, brothers, etc. other families defending the victim, huge divide. Well, the moral dilemma clearly was, do we stand by our kin, our friends, or do we allow them to take the consequence for the actions that they did with which was right and wrong? And clearly that town showed in seriously bright neon lights how people base moral decisions very, very differently. Some of them were, it's about right and wrong. My son needs to go to jail. He did the wrong thing. He should go to jail. And others said, I will lie I will justify, I will do whatever it takes to keep my son out of jail. I will divert whatever it takes because my loyalty is to my son. It is not to that girl. It's fascinating how and why people make the moral decisions that they make. But I'm going to give you my opinion on this one. Um, because for me and my, my, my own personal belief system and passion, I have to say, seriously, at what point do you think in your head that it is okay to lie for your brother, uncle, cousin, friend, etc., when it comes to the rape of an 11-year-old girl? I'm like, seriously? I don't, I don't know what kind of moral dilemma justification it takes to be loyal in that type of a situation. There's evidence. It's right there in black and white. And it's an 11-year-old child. That's my opinion on that moral dilemma. You made the wrong choice if you were trying to lie and justify for your kin in that case. It's rape. It's gang rape. And I'm not about it. But I've got more to talk about on the other side. You are right now listening to The Dr. Marcy Show on fedbyravensmedia.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, 
We hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Pure Light has invented a new type of LED light bulb that makes all other light bulbs obsolete. The Pure Light LED light bulb performs seven functions besides providing light, including cleaning the air of all types of odors. My kids who are grown up say our house smells like old people house. And so I put bulbs in the hallway and my uh, kids from Florida came last week and said, man, the house smells great. See for yourself at pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com. It's the next generation of light. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell, and I like being on here having conversations about those things that can help us be more aware, to broaden our perspectives, to have us think, hmm, I hadn't thought of it that way before, and maybe see the world from bigger, broader eyes and hear things that maybe we couldn't hear before. I I truly believe we are here to learn from each other, to um, grow from that learning and knowledge and experience, and hopefully feel more connected to the people around us and to our world at large. So hopefully each of us get to learn from each other, and hopefully I'm able to contribute to the conversation of awareness. We have been talking about moral dilemmas today, and my one final note on that would be that Moral dilemmas don't always have a black and white answer. Don't expect them to. Even though clearly in the Cleveland gang rape, I had a black and white answer for that one, because to me, that's much less of a moral dilemma and a black and white answer. It wasn't obviously for everybody. For me, it was. Uh, I believe that most moral dilemmas don't always have that really sure black and white answer. And that's why it's a dilemma. My advice is talk to other people, get more perspectives before making the decision. Talk to other people, get more perspectives because none of us are able to see the entirety of any situation. We come with our own biases. We come with our own perspectives. We come with our own emotions and opinions, and we can't see clearly everything about it. So before making a really important decision on a moral dilemma, I suggest talking to a few people about it, see what it is that they have to say. Um, and good luck with it. Know that they're, they, they are there for us to learn. So good luck with each of them. I want to get to now an emailed question of mine. Um, I didn't have time to talk about this last week, but I think it's an important one to talk about, especially as it's getting warmer. And um, as some of these decisions are being made right now in our state of Utah, but also other states across the country and quite frankly, the world. So this is the question. I recently heard you on K talk with John. I, had appeared as a guest on his radio show. Um, And I was invited, just so you know, a little background, I was invited to be on the show talking about the brain development of children and the impact that masks and how 2020 has been with COVID has on the developing child in terms of brain development. So the question is, I I heard you on K-Talk with John, and I wanted to know if you think kids should be able to go to school without a mask. So we didn't talk about that. So I guess that's a follow-up question. I wanted to know if I think that kids should be able to go to school without a mask. Right now, school boards um, are talking about this, but our governor in the state is still for children need to wear masks at school. 
So uh, I'm quite certain that they'll be continuing with that to the end of the school year this year. And as fall approaches, um, not, I don't know what's going to happen. I've, I've talked to several people and nobody knows really what's going to happen in the fall. But what is it that I think about? Should kids be able to go to school without a mask? My answer to that question is a big, giant, bolded yes. I don't think children need to be wearing a mask at school. And I'll tell you why. Number one, they're very low risk of serious illness from COVID. They're very low risk of serious illness from COVID. Now, most people are saying, well, what about teachers? Well, at this point, most teachers are vaccinated if they chose to. Um, Additionally, uh, I don't want to go into the whole debate about COVID itself, but there is very low evidence of a risk to teachers thus far also in terms of getting COVID from kids. It's a very low risk of children transferring this disease to adults. So we know long enough, we know long enough now that the risk is very low for kids. So why are we still putting them in a mask? I I don't understand that number one, okay? Number two, um, brain development and language development are critical components of what it, what children go to school for. So many people don't understand really uh, the basic premise of how our brain develops. We are born literally with billions of neurons in our brain and we make synaptic connections. So our brain can talk to other parts of the brain and develop the body and learn and acquire knowledge and grow and all those fun things that our miraculous bodies can do. There are these synaptic connections that allow for that. Okay. When we don't use certain synaptic connections, they die off. We don't keep billions of neurons throughout our life. They are there and available for young people to grab onto and develop. Certain of those we know through research, when they die off, they don't get to come back. And, and there are certain things at the very young ages that we need to acquire in terms of synaptic connections for our development. We call those critical and sensitive time periods where if a child doesn't acquire a certain developmental um, accomplishment, those synaptic connections die off. And being able to acquire that later on in life is extremely difficult. One of those is language acquisition. So someone who has not had access to hearing language or learning any language, very difficult later on in life to acquire language if they didn't do it during that critical time period. But there's others besides language. And young children, we're talking toddlers forward, babies forward, quite frankly, learn how to survive in this world from facial expressions, facial expressions of children facial expressions of strangers in stores, facial expressions from teachers at school. They learn how to interact with other children. What is socially acceptable? What is not socially acceptable? They learn what is safe. What does a safe face look like versus a face that's not safe? What do all the emotions look like? Are they able to mimic mad, sad, happy, afraid, friends, enemies, Our children need to acquire all of those basic capacities that you learn from facial expressions. And when we are masked up for too long of a period, you are not allowing them the opportunity to have those synaptic connections occur. This isn't something that you can teach on a whiteboard. This is something that only interaction with other humans has the ability to create those synaptic connections. And they are there designed for us to be able to survive our world as we get older and into adulthood. So our children need to see faces. Our children need to see our teachers' faces. Our children need to see other children's faces. All right? I feel very strongly about that. And I feel like it was not part of the dialogue in 2020. And it's not doing a favor for our children. Now, what about the young children trying to acquire a language? How are they supposed to really learn the sounds without seeing the teacher's face, without seeing the teacher's mouth showing what the sounds are when they're learning letters and how to read? 
they need to see the teacher's face to do it. They need to see other children's face so they can mimic it. Our brains are designed to mimic. And when we don't see it, it doesn't internalize what to do with the information. So yes, I absolutely believe it is time for those masks to come off at school. Now, does that mean I don't think other things can occur at the school to make sure that we do the best we can to keep it safe. Lots of hand-washing opportunities, small groups of kids rather than large groups of kids, social distancing inside. Um, I think that, I think we've done a really great job of, of adding all of these and uh, additional safety features in schools that we could continue forward with. Um, but masks, I feel like, are the key that is keeping some kids from making that full blown synaptic connection to keep them um, understanding and capable of maneuvering their worlds. Right. So I'm, I'm okay. If kids and teachers by choice desire to wear a mask, but I don't think it's necessary anymore to require children to wear a mask. In fact, I think it's detrimental to do so. So that's my thought on kids in schools with masks. I'm hoping that in the fall, this message will be loud, loud enough that the decision makers will get it right. So thank you so much for staying with me on this day today on moral dilemmas and masks in school. I feel so honored to share with you some of those things I've learned in uh, life's hardships and some of my academic studying and working with a lot of other people. And I look forward to hearing from you. If you have any other questions, email me at askmarcy at dr.com. And please continue to listen live on Wednesdays, 10 to 11 on fedbyravensmedia.com. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell here to promote awareness and hopefully foster some strong mental health and help with relationships in our communities, one person at a time. So until next time, are you aware with those eyes to see and ears to hear? and hopefully a heart to understand.